Veterans applying for compensation or a pension from Veterans Affairs typically have to undergo a physical examination. That's been impossible in person, though, during the pandemic. But now the Veterans Benefits Administration has resumed in-person exams. For how they're able to do it, the Director of the Appeals Management Office at VBA, David McLennigan. Mr. McLennigan, good to have you on. Well, good morning, Tom. First of all, just give us the 30-second view of the program we're talking about. What are the uh, benefits that require the exam and uh, that you're administering? Sure. Our biggest program, benefit program for monetary benefits, these are monthly benefit payments to veterans with service-connected disabilities is our compensation program. For that program, we have a duty to assist the veteran in providing an examination so that we can evaluate their disability. We have 10 different levels of disability in our program, um, and you can even get payments beyond that level uh, 10. So the exam is very important. We can't complete a claim unless we can evaluate the disability, and that's really been the problem with the pandemic is most of these exams have to be done in person, so a face-to-face situation with a medical examiner. We've been unable to do those during the pandemic. We suspended them in early April. Our examiners are done through a contract, so they're contract examiners. However, during the pandemic, we did have them doing what we call ACE exams, so that's acceptable clinical evidence, and they were able to complete some exams by just reviewing medical records and the veteran's claims file. And what about telemedicine? Some examinations might be able to be manifest that way, say if someone is missing a limb or something, then... Probably you could tell that for sure over a tele-exam. Yes, just like the Veterans Health Administration, which has moved pretty aggressively to uh, telehealth in the clinical environment, we've done the same thing with our C&P examinations. There is some of them that we can do by a what we call a tele-C&P exam, and our contract examiners have been doing those during the pandemic. So luckily, we have had those modes of examination during the pandemic, but still, we've built up a a pretty good set of exams that we still need to get done in person. Yeah, that was my question. So a backlog has developed in these three, three and a half months of uh, non-human contact? That's correct. Usually, uh, our examiners carry an inventory of about about 100,000, so that's their usual working inventory. Currently, we have over 300,000, so about 200,000 exams in excess inventory uh, that we have to get done. And where do these exams usually take place? You mentioned a set of contractors does it, so it's not within VA health facilities? That's correct. There's still a set of examinations that are done by the Veterans Health Administration. Going into the pandemic, it was about 25% of exams. So our contractors, which the Veterans Benefits Administration, my organization, manages, uh, do about 75% of all exams. And those are not done in a VHA facility. The contractors have their own clinics, but they also subcontract through providers all over the country. So we're talking about physicians that have offices all over the country or healthcare companies that manage hospitals and have clinicians that subcontract through our providers. And so really, it's all over the country. Uh, there are providers that are doing these exams. So is it accurate to say that at this point in early July, pretty much any veteran who needs to have one of these exams within reasonable distance of his or her home can get it? Well, as you said in the lead-in to the interview, we have uh, resumed these in-person exams. We've done it gradually, 
So on May 28th, we got started. Uh, what we are doing is we're basically following the Veterans Health Administration's lead. If they conclude that they can do in-person outpatient primary care appointments, then in that same area that's in the jurisdiction of that VA hospital, we've authorized our contract vendors to get started on in-person exams. So we started out with about 20 locations in the country. Since then, we've added many others, and, and now we can do about 75% of our pending exams are in areas where we've authorized in-person exams to take place. Now, that's been a slow startup. We've had to ramp up from zero so we're not at full capacity yet, and we still have about 25% of the country where uh, we have not authorized those in-person exams to start. We're speaking with David McClenaghan. He's director of the Appeals Management Office at the Veterans Benefits Administration. And what are the protocols, what are the requirements physically to be able to have someone go in and have a close-up examination by a healthcare practitioner? Yeah, that's a great question because I think, as we all know, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. But what we have done is in the areas where we've authorized our examiners to get started, we require them to follow all the CDC guidance uh, that's out there about how to have uh, these type of contacts with individuals. So that means they have to comply with all the sanitation, personal protective equipment, distancing, uh, all the things that are required in the healthcare industry by the CDC to have these kind of interactions, our vendors have to follow those requirements and ensure that their providers that they subcontract with also follow them. So it's important for veterans to come in for these examinations. We want them to come in. We've tried to ensure that it's as safe as possible for them to do that. So not only is it areas where um, there's been a determination that it's safe to do them, but we're only doing them with all those protective measures in place. And do you have a mechanism for making sure that the compliance is there? Yes. So the, the primary contract vendors are required to do oversight of all the providers that are doing these examinations for them. In addition to that, they had to submit to us in VBA a implementation plan. So they had to have a plan in place that was approved by us. Our organization does oversight as well. And if there's any exam that needs to be done where that protective equipment had to be taken off, uh, they're not authorized to do those yet. Got it. And here's a question about, say, uh, someone who has a mental disability, say from PTSD or that kind of thing. How do those examinations work if they do, uh, say, in a psychiatric sense? So uh, the same way. I mean, all the same requirements apply. Generally, if, if it's an in-person exam, then uh, all of these protective measures have to be in place regardless of the disability. Now, there are some exams that we're continuing to do through those other programs, through the examination of records or the telehealth type, uh, type of examination. We're continuing to use those, uh, in particular in the areas of the country where we still can't do in-person exams. Uh, we're still using those modes to do uh, all exams that we can. So it's a, kind of a mixture of in-person where we can do them and then uh, using those other methods as much as possible. And do you have a timeline for working down that 300,000 back to the normal float that you have traditionally? Well, unfortunately, we don't. And the reason is, you know, we're kind of in an uncertain environment right now. You know, I think we've all seen uh, watching the news that... Uh, Virus cases are increasing in certain areas of the country, so it's a situation that we just have to continue to monitor. Uh, we're hopeful we can keep going and uh, adding more capacity as we go so we can get back to normal, 
but it's a situation that we just have to continue watching. I will say that uh, we're doing everything we can uh, with our contract vendors to build up that capacity and, and work all those exams that need to get done. Just you know, real quick for you though, everybody should be aware that uh, there's no harm to any veteran other than the delay. VA pays benefits back to the date of claim. Uh, if a veteran has concerns about coming in for an in-person exam in areas where we've authorized them to be done, uh, they're not required to come in. We will just hold that exam in abeyance and, and wait and decide their claim uh, when they feel that it's, it's safe to have the exam done. David McClanigan is Director of the Appeals Management Office at the Veterans Benefits Administration. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Important topic. I appreciate you uh, getting us on. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.